Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban, here with my friend and Chabruta, Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Shabbat, Ayin Vav, 76. I want to actually begin, as I said I would yesterday, on the bottom of the previous daf, Ayin Hay, with an interesting point that's made about Rabbi Shimon. I'm a Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanina. Hadzalo Rabbi Shimon. Di Rabbi Shimon ha'amar lo amru kol and halalu ela lematzniehen. So we're in the middle of a Mishnah that's discussing what are the, well, which makes the point of saying that unless you carry a uh, measurement of an item uh, that means something to people or that people would store, then it's not considered to be hotzad and it's not considered to be carrying. And Rabiosi comes here, Rabiosi Barchanina comes to tell us here that this objective criteria that's mentioned in the Mishnah doesn't agree actually with the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon said that these are fixed measure, measures, okay, only in regard to somebody who would store them. And what we learned in the Mishnah is what? That if it's not fit to be stored, meaning it was too insignificant of an item, then it would not be something uh, that, you know, you couldn't be considered liable for actually carrying it. So let's explain a little bit more what this means here. I'm a Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer explains. So Rabbi Elazar says that this is not according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar because it was taught in Abraisa that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar stated the following principle. Anything that is not fit to be stored or that people typically don't carry, but is deemed fit to be stored by another person or he would carry this, okay, only the person who carried it out, who for them that item was valuable, they would be chayab. In other words, according to our Mishnah, they're going to give some, they believe, or the author of our Mishnah believes that there are certain objective measurements, these will be discussed in the next Mishnah, that if you carry this amount of straw, this amount of grass, you know, whatever the material is, then you would be liable for doing the malacha of carrying of hotza. Rabbi Shimon comes and gives a different insight into this. And what Rabbi Shimon believes is, is that if the value, if this is not something that you would, if that measurement is not something that means anything to you, or it's not something that you would actually store. So for example, what many of the commentators explain here is that what this would mean is, you know, maybe a poor person wouldn't bother, uh, sorry, a rich person wouldn't bother to actually store, uh, you know, this particular amount of straw because it wouldn't mean anything to them. It's not valuable to them, right? They have so much straw already in storage. They don't care what happens with this amount of straw, okay? So for a rich person, it would that value may actually, that measurement of what actually they would need to carry in order to now be chayev or actually to have done carrying on Shabbat, could only be a value that's actually meaningful to them. And I think here what Rabbi Shimon's playing around with is, is, you know, this is some of the tension here, is that the, you know, in the next Mishnah, we're going to be given some sort of what we state as like objective measurements. You know, how much straw is straw to say that it's meaningful? How much, um, you know, what are some of the things, you know, how much there's an item called Eitzah? How much grain is considered to be something that would sort of be meaningful. And they basically take measurements of sort of how much you would feed an animal because these aren't really things that are food items that humans uh, would use. It's really just something that you would use to feed your animal. But Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar believes 
that it's only meaningful. It can't be, there's no objective way to make it meaningful. It's only meaningful if you as an individual bother to, you know, carry it or bother to actually store it by that objective measurement. Right. So I keep thinking and the whole time you've been talking and, you know, I'm, I don't know, I guess what, applying it to my life where I keep thinking like what I think of as a normal serving, right? And I understand that this is not really what the Gemara is talking about in terms of uh, these specific items, but just in terms of the subjectivity of things, right? Like what I think of as a normal serving and what my six-year-old thinks as a normal serving are, are really not at all the same. And it's not always that what I think is going to be larger, let's say, that might be in like a protein source, for example, and the snack source, he might think that would be a larger thing. But it, it strikes me that what we think of as that's a reasonable amount to put away, we're going to store that or we're going to call that like a real amount, whatever, for lack of a better term. I, I feel like there is inherently some kind of subjective or, or potentially subjective rationale here. And what one person thinks is like, leftovers another person think is garbage and i realize that this is a little bit you know jumping off what you're talking about your dana but i i feel like the fact that the government wants to make a, an objective measure makes sense because otherwise it's really just anarchy no i i right and i think the mishnah ends up in the right place it's just interesting to see sort of this um you know sort of this type of uh, way of understanding it, that the measurement has to be, we can't just take any type of measurement and measurements value may have different value to different people under different circumstances. And I think this is similar to what happens later on in the DAP with the next Mishnah that actually goes through some of the measurements. I know you're going to read that. Um, well, I think you were going to read the Mishnah at the end of the page, but you know, so the next, so then the Mishnah goes through actually, you know, Hamotse Tevin Kimlo Pi Para, right? That Straw has to be for the amount of uh, of a cow, and atza has to be for the amount of a camel, um, and amir ears of grain has to be for a lamb's mouthful. And then there's you know an interesting uh, sort of encounter with Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, right, where they basically have a disagreement um, that also has to do with it's kind of like similar. So I just want to you know read that for a second. My etza. So the Gemara there after that Mishnah wants to decide. What is this etza that's men- mentioned in the Mishnah? I'm a Rebbe Huda, Tevin Shalmine Kitni, right? It's some type of straw that comes from legumes. Kiata Rabdimi, when Rabdimi came from Eretz Israel, Amar, Hamotzi Tevin Kimlo Pi Para, Ligamal, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Chayev, Rabbi Shimon Lakish Amar Pator. So he said, Rabdimi said that they were talking about a case where somebody carries a measure of straw equivalent to a mouth to a cow's mouthful for a camel. So in other <laughs> words, it's not a significant measure because this is food for a camel, but you're basing it on the measurement of a cow. So in other words, the question here is, is what's important the measure or is what's important what you're carrying the object out for, okay? So Rabbi Yochanan says chayav. Rabbi Yochanan says you're chayav because like it's still some type of important measure basically right and it's the mouth of a cow rabbi shimon ben lucky shamar pator rabbi shimon ben lucky says it's pator but orta ama rabbi yochanan hachi lesapra hadarbe but then later in the evening rabbi yochanan what what did he do he basically reconsiders his opinion and in the more you know he he and in the morning he reversed he reversed his opinion and then he agreed with reish lucky ama rabbi yosef rabbi yosef said shaper abba did hadar 
right? He did well that he reversed his opinion. Because that measurement is not really suitable for a camel. And so you can't be of carrying out the food for a camel unless it's actually the measurement for a camel. Right? And then Abaye says to Rabbi Yosef, no, on the contrary, Rabbi Yochanan's original statement is more reasonable because it's actually suitable for a cow because he actually did carry out an amount that was suitable, but it was suitable for a cow, not for a camel. So I know this is a little bit of a back and forth and I'm not sure the Gemara actually really, uh, you know, lands anywhere well. And then they share an opinion of Rabin who also shares something about this. Um, but I think here what the point is, is really, um, well, actually, I'll read what Robin says. So, Ella Kiata Robin. So, then Robin comes from Eretz Israel and says, Amar, because remember, this is in the Babylonian Talmud, but they're discussing two Amorayim from Israel, Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish. Hamotzi Tevin Kimlo Pi Paralegamal. If somebody carries out the equivalent of a cow's mouthful of straw for a camel, Dukuli Ama La Plagi Dechayev. Everyone would agree in that case that he is Chayev. But what everybody disagrees in is the case of where somebody carries um, atza, which again in the mission was specified specifically to be for a camel, for a um, but carries it out a cow's mouthful for a cow. That because in other words, you're carrying out an insignificant amount in that case, not for something for its usual purpose. So again, I think just here, just in terms of the theme, what we're seeing on the page is an exploration of, can you have objective measurements? Does value, is value the same thing to each person? And is purpose the same thing to each person? Is like your intention of what you're carrying it for or the amount that you're carrying it for, which states a purpose, right? Feeding a cow or feeding a camel, does that also impact whether or not you would be high up? I know that this seems somewhat pedantic, right? And again, one of the things Anne and I talked about before we began this is how much attention is drawn in the Gemara to Hotsa, to carrying. And today, when so many of us live in communities with an Arab, and we quite honestly don't worry about carrying in this way at all, but to see the amount of time that was taken to really consider all the different ways carrying can be done, right? Whether it be domain to domain, the method of carrying. And I think here we see another spin on carrying which is sort of like purpose and the amount, right? It acknowledges that, as we said yesterday, like it's not like you could have two specks of dust in your coat pocket and that's considered caring. There has to be some sort of like amount of an item to make it a significant item. And, but even that could be called into question because different things will mean different things to different people and how you measure that can even be somewhat complicated. So I'm left thinking two about two things. One is, not only do we live in places that have an air, we, li- we live in places that have rooms and hallways, right? Meaning when I think of like the Talmudic village in Katsreen, right? In the northern, in the north of Israel, they have a, a village set up to be on the model of, you know, what might have been a village in the time of the Gemara. And there are these basically like one room, maybe two room homes that have large courtyards, which abut the next similar structure, right? The next one or two room homes. So the so I'm thinking about this, like what does it mean to carry if you can't, we're, we carry from room to room without thinking about it because that's all the private domain. If the private domain is much smaller than 
then even this caring business, like so much discussion about it, seems to have even greater significance, I feel. Um, the other thing that I'm struck by is, you know, just as follow-up to your your larger conversation here, Yardina, I think is, you know, on this stuff, it talks also about where where is it mitzitarev? When and when can it be that, you know, uh, less than one amount will join to be with less than one amount to make a full amount that then someone would be chayev? And when is it considered, no, those things are just so different that they can't be mitzitarev, they cannot join together to constitute um, a full shear to make a person chayev? Which, of course, is very interesting, I think. I mean, off the cuff, I would say. Because if, if before looking at any of this material, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, like, what makes, how, what's the shear of carrying? Maybe we would start talking about weights, you know, mass, weights, mass, something, right? Value, I don't know. We would not think about it this, um, on this granular of a level of how much is going to your camel versus how much is going to Although, your cow. But I just feel like, yeah, but this is how they understood animals. Like, I actually think this was their measurement. Sorry, go on. Right. I'm, yes, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying you, I might have thought that it would be about, um, about a universal quantity. Right. Meaning if you carry three pounds of something, then that's going to be the amount that's too much or one pound or whatever the measurement might be. And here and this is what you said, I I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was agreeing with you. And here it gets to a more granular level where it's not simply the the weight or mass of one of the sum total, but of each item per se. And and when they are considered, in fact, very different than they will not be mitzvah. Then it's not what your sum total of carrying items, you know, altogether is a little bit for the camel, a little bit for the cow, and a little bit for you know, a snack for you along the way. Like that's not how it works, right? It's broken down to be each item is considered its own separate thing, and and then you're not going to be chayev except for in those rare cases where it would indeed be mitzvah, or they wouldn't in, in fact join together to constitute one full shiur. I find that interesting. I find that a lot of this discussion of, of caring interesting, again, because, because A, in part, we feel, I felt, that, you know, haven't we left this discussion behind? And we clearly very much have not. We always, it always um, goes back to its, uh, I think that. Yeah. It really does. And and I think that it's, uh, like, I think that, please God, by the time we finish Masachet Shabbat, not only will I have a stronger understanding of the Masachet in terms of its structure and so on, but also of the whole of Shabbat. If this is the the key topic, then then there's more to understand about the way we conceive of Shabbat with regard to Hotzah specifically. But again, that I'm going to table until we get to the end and we have a lot, a lot of dopping to go there. But but my point here is just that I feel like the the very nature of Hotzah coming back again, right? The fact that it comes back again um, and it, it comes back in such a way that we are breaking down the component parts to determine whether somebody's going to be high of, you know, or not, um, it speaks very much to, it's not just a matter of like how they live, but it's a matter of, you know, what, this is what you said, I guess, right, in terms of intent or in terms of purpose, right, which is in some ways the same thing here, right, this, the, let me try to take a step back and say it just, you know, again, one more time, which is that the fact that I might think that anything would come together, like, you know, the way I might think of like, a suitcase at the airport where they don't care 
how many t-shirts you have versus how many books. They only care about, you know, the, the sum total. And the Gemara here very much cares not, not only about the sum total, that's obviously part of it, but about what the component parts are. And each one has its own place in this, like, catalog categorization of, of Hotza. Right, but what's interesting is ultimately it comes out, right, where the Mishnah basically says, um, let me just find the line here, that each of those things are really, um, you know, an element unto themselves. You're not, actually not allowed to join them together because they're really like the straw is for this animal, the grain is for that animal. And so we don't actually join them up together, which I think is also tells us something that's important about these types of measurements. Right. I just find that, I find the fact that we don't, the fact that we don't join them up together to be the interesting mm-hmm. part, because you know, like if you caught me on my instincts before, before this stuff, I might have said, "Yeah, it makes sense, right? We'll gonna we'll deal with the sum total." And the answer is, "No, no, we right. will not. No, that is not how Hotsal right. works." No, I totally agree with you. Right? It should be more. It's like if it's three pounds worth, it's three pounds worth. And instead, it's saying some of that each of these things are unique categories and cannot be combined one to the other. So, I agree. I think we learned a lot of new things and concepts about sort of some of the philosophical underpinnings of Hotsal um, that part of the difficulty with doing a dafyomi is I'm going to be on to the next topic tomorrow. <laughs> but I do think there's something <laughs> deep going on here on this page. I'm not but sure but I have out. news for you. I have news for you. On to the next topic tomorrow is the That's same good. topic. Not exactly. But we finish at, on, on I involve, I'm going to bet, on 76B. We finish Parak Klal Gadol. Now, Klal Gadol is, you know, the big general rules about how a vote until adult work and we get the list of the 39 malachot and then we as you've just discussed come right back to hotza and we finish the parak hadran alach klal gadol and we begin the new mishnah hamotzi yayin and right there that first word the name of the next parak is hamotzi right meaning not hamotzi like hamotzi like bread it's about one who carries out so what are we carrying out here in this mishnah hamotzi yayin one who carries wine. Now, this is obviously a whole different kind of discussion than camel food, right? What does it mean to carry wine to begin with and what are you're going to be the measurements and so on? So it, in that way, the same discussion takes us in a whole new direction. But it's still also about hotzah. And here we enter into a whole, another whole discussion, namely, the phenomenon of diluting wine. Right, literally, it means to pour, right? But it's diluting the wine because back in the day, we know enough. I don't know enough, but there is though there are those who know enough about I don't know the wine practices that it, basically wine was a thick syrup, and it would be and it could be even a very high quality, but it was somehow uh, a very intense wine, and they would do it was not drinkable, and they would dilute it with varying amounts of water, um, to I believe water. Um, to make it potable. Okay, right. So there's these are the mashkim, which means, listen, mashka literally just means liquid. That means anything could be a liquid. I mean, you could dilute anything to be a li- liquid, whatever. But these are specifically mashkim that have halachic status. Um, at least I'm pretty sure that everything on this list is on that same list, uh, which basically in another context, which we'll discuss another time, entails tefila, dunking, washing your hands, whatever. Again, we'll talk talk about it at a different time, but it's worth knowing that there is such a category. So, 
one who carries wine. How much wine? The amount for the dilution for, for one cup, meaning not a whole table, just for one cup. That amount is, that's the minimum for carrying wine. Chalav, milk, gmiah is a gulp, right? Which is presumably is the amount that you would drink, right? Like the same that you would, you would drink a cup of wine. You would maybe gulp a gulp, one gulp of milk. Dvash, this is um, honey or date honey, silan in our day and age. Kedeli tain al hakatit. The amount of honey that you would use to put on a sore that was caused by chafing, right? Some kind of soothing properties from this from this honey. Shemen, oil, which again is going to be olive oil, right? Kedela such ever katan. Again, to anoint um to anoint a small limb, whatever that means of your body, to anoint a small limb, it doesn't mean the amount to drench yourself in wine, in rather in oil. It's a matter of a little bit of sprinkle a little oil on whatever this small limb purpose would be. My water. Right? The amount that you would rub to put on a kilor, which apparently is an eye bandage, right? That you want to make sure that you can do an eye wash. Again, this is not a tremendous amount of of liquid for any one of these things. Right? And then the Mishnah continues, Ushar kol hamashkin, every other liquid, berevit. You have a very specific measurement, which you can, you know, which you can determine, you know, in a gram measure or in a cup measure, which is called a revit or revius in, I don't know, colloquial English Hebrew. Makol hashofrin berevit, and everything that would be poured into the revit. Right. Um, okay, and then, and then, uh, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Kulan Berivit, Velonamru Kol Hashirin Halalo Ella Lematznehen. Rabbi Shimon says, "No, what are you talking about? Every single one of these mashke, all of it is a revit, which is presumably a lot more. Meaning, the amount of a revit, revit, revit. Goodness, I'm so inclined to say revius, but whatever." Um, that amount is more than each one of these smaller amounts for each one of these mashkin. So Rabbi Shimon says, no, that's going to be for everything. And these measures were only discussed for those who are going to store them, meaning presumably they are have whatever kind of expertise, whatever. So they're going to put them away, even including uh, a more minimal amount. And then they would be held accountable even for that more minimal amount. Um because it would be, it would matter to them, right? Like this is something that they would be paying attention to. And then suddenly the more general shiur of a revius is just so big, right? As compared to somebody who's got some kind of expertise in each one of these fields, each one of these liquids. I think what's interesting here is Rabbi Shimon is essentially consistent. Unlike our previous Mishnah that had measurements, Rabbi Shimon's opinion was not included at all. Here, what Rabbi Shimon is doing is he's saying, no, with liquids, we're going to have an objective measurement, which is the ravine. But, right? But then he wants to remind us, right? Kulan, uh, sorry, but they can only be considered significant by the person who is actually storing him. So on the one hand, there's an objective measurement, but on the other hand, he adds this, you know, incredible amount of subjectivity into the measurement itself. And again, you know, as I said before, it's interesting that here his opinion is included in this Mishnah, whereas in the previous Mishnah about Shiurin, um, it's, you know, his opinion is not is not included. It's more just brought up as a discussion on, as part of the Gemara. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, we this is only the Mishnah also, right? Like, let's keep that in mind. The discussion, the Gemara discussion on this Mishnah, it begins here in a tiny bit, but then it continues on to the next stuff. So, you know, we'll continue along when we continue along. Um, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcasts. Um, join us in our WhatsApp group. Uh, thank you to Oh, let me make an important announcement here, which you can find also on our Facebook page, which is that on Sunday, oh goodness, what is the date? Sunday, May? May, May 24th. Sunday, May 24th at 10 a.m. Eastern, Eastern Daylight Time and 5 p.m. Israel Time, we are going to have another hopeful Zoom learning session with all of you. Um, all of you who can make it, we hope you all can. Um, given the predilection of Zoom bombers to bomb Jewish events, we are giving out the link either on the WhatsApp group or message us privately and we will be happy to give you that link. Um, and we'll see if we need to open it for registration in advance. But right now we're going to try this approach. Uh, we hope to see you there. Thank you to Michelle Farber for hosting us on the HUD Run website. Until tomorrow, go and learn.